Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, LA football fans, the Left Coasters here. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And if you enjoy the three of us bantering over NFL football, please feel free to give us a like on SoundCloud. Head to Apple Podcasts and give us a review and help this podcast grow. You can also find us at theleftcoasterspodcast.com. And guys, get ready for a show. Coasters podcast. Can I, can I do it this week, please? Because you're My just going to be no fun. Is Tony Cavallo, and we are in week whatever of the NFL season. Brian the ballerina Balzarini is here. What's up, guys? With a healthy quarterback on his team. Matthew Dangles D'Angelo Antonio is here, also having a healthy quarterback on his team. And uh, yeah. We are the premier L.A. football podcast out here in California. How about those Rams? I think we just lost all our listeners. Um, (laughs) The Rams won, the Chargers won, and I am clearly very happy and content with the way my NFL season is going. So you should be even more compelled to be a Rams and or Chargers fan this year. Oh, I am. With the loss of... I am. I, I heard that you lost your quarterback. I did. I did. I've gotten so many memes and so many pictures and so many videos sent to me over the past few days. My favorite one and the one that hurt the most was from my baby cousin. Her name is Amanda, and she's out there listening, and she knows what she did. The night of sent me a picture of Aaron on the ground, and over it was a cartoon version of Simba touching Mufasa after Mufasa dies. Oh, that's <laughs> savage. <laughs> That is absolutely savage. Wow. So for those Amanda, that is some highbrow stuff. For those new listeners out there, we are uh, three transplants to the city of Los Angeles. We are trying to root for the new hometown teams and the Rams and Chargers, but we know that we are married to who we were brought up with, and for me that is the Green Bay Packers. And again, I argue with the Packers all the time. I make fun of them all the time because I want them to be the best and losing the proverbial MVP every year, the best player in the league almost every year, Aaron Rodgers, to what could be a season-ending injury, a broken collarbone to his throwing shoulder, in the midst of a team that was ready to take the helm in in a league that does not have a great team this year. It could have been a year that Green Bay came out on top, and now our hopes rely on a third year quarterback named Brett Hundley. Who? I'm behind an offensive line who lost every single starting offensive lineman except for the center since the season began. 
they've I don't know what to do, guys. I don't know how I go on. I would give credit to Ryan Lindsley for staying healthy for starters. Corey Lindsley. I don't know how to move forward. I don't know how to move forward. I really don't. It's so disheartening. You don't know how much money I lost that day. On that day bets, on season-long bets, Aaron Rodgers will not win MVP, but Vegas won't take my money back. Aaron Rodgers will not get over 38 uh, touchdowns on the season this year like I thought he would, and he was on pace to do. Wow. Green Bay Packers will not win over 11 games like I said they would, and they were on pace to do. It's just disheartening. And uh, we're playing the Gravestones music early because I'm getting really sad. Can we talk about something else? I do. Can I say I one thing, I just wanted though? to have a moment of silence here. For the, if you're going to be all mopey about it and start, and start off, and I get it, like I get it, but if you're going to start it off this way, we need to set the mood. So, Because we don't usually get to the sad stuff where we put actual teams in the ground till later on. So if you, you, know, you want to say a quick... You know, sort of do a eulogy type thing for the Packers. Just I think now is your chance to just sort did. of cap that off. It's tough. It's not easy. I will. We'll get to gravestones later, but I will say uh, there is a reason you listen to the Left Coasters podcast, and that's because we are the smartest football podcast out there. And this is coming from a true Green Bay fan. If you hear anyone or read any articles about anyone coming to the team to play quarterback other than Brett Hundley and the practice squad signed Joe Callahan, you can tell them to walk off the nearest cliff. Brett Hundley has been drafted by this team and coached up by this team for the past three years for this exact moment. Joe Callahan has been coached up by this team and kept on this team for the past two years for this exact moment. To sign anyone, regardless of their stature in the NFL, regardless of what announcing booth they're in right now, would be asinine to try and make them learn the playbook, get used to the team, get used to the players, get used to the coaches, get used to the atmosphere, uh, uh, yeah. just as a Band-Aid. This fast in the season, you have a guy you've been training for this. So anyone out there that thinks you should go a different route with the backup quarterback, they can eat my butt. Well, I think that, and I think Mike McCarthy made that crystal clear, clear during his press conference, which uh, if you haven't seen, you should take a look at this clip where he gets asked about exactly that. And he basically says a... a a shorter and punchier version of what Tony just said, um, you know, which is that his quarterback room is just fine the way that it is right now. Yeah. Um, and so that seems to be a, a question, or a, a rather, yeah, a question, I guess, to your point, Tony, that has uh, been put to bed. There's no way that Colin Kaepernick or anyone else, for that matter, because that's the name I keep hearing. I haven't Ke- heard. I haven't heard Tony Romo, but Troy, n- Troy Aikman there brought is it up no, on the there I was is amazed. no universe in which I see Colin Kaepernick or any other QB getting signed for all the reasons you just said. Troy, Troy Aikman brought it up during the Green Bay game. I was amazed that he did to bring up Tony Romo during the Green Bay game. That's lowbrow even for him. Um, some, Well, he's a Dallas quarterback that wants to be the only Dallas quarterback announcing in the NFL. But before we go on, I will say that this season for Green Bay, it's going to show a lot of things. If Brett Hundley fails, everyone in the media market will blame Brett Hundley and say that Mike McCarthy should have gone out and gotten a different quarterback. But yours truly, Tony Cavallo, will sit here and point the blame correctly and directly at Mike McCarthy himself. Without Aaron Rodgers to bail him out, we will see the true Mike McCarthy play calling and true Mike McCarthy offense under Brett Hundley. And I, frankly, for one, am scared shitless of it as a Green Bay fan. Brian? I was just going to say, I was watching the game with a bunch of Lions fans, guys that I ran into at the uh, old Fox and Hounds in Studio City. Uh, There just happened to be four of them, and there were uh, five of us total in the bar. So I'd like (laughs) to believe it's a Detroit Lions bar for for a good uh, 20 minutes. Hi, I'm Brian Balzarini, (laughs) and when I'm not doing the Left Coasters podcast, you can find me at the 
the Fox and Hound. You can't get service for life at the Fox and Hound. Great English breakfast. Uh, we all love Teddy. We have a new menu item to tout every week on the show. I love it. <laughs> they used to have Boddington's on draft. If anybody knows a good Boddington's. Bo- oh. I do know what a good Boddington's should taste like anyway. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. Long story short, long story short, thank you, Dangles. You're welcome. It, when, I was, when it happened, all these Lion fans, right, the the vil, the villains of this Green Bay Packers story sitting around looking at this TV watching Aaron Rodgers dying on the field. Literally, we all looked at each other and kind of didn't know what to think about it. And I think what all of us really felt at the end of the day was like, I'm still not, I'm still not, well, um, because I'm still I not think, writing you off. I'm still not writing the Green Bay. I think you should no. I think you should be excited. Because now you can be certain that your entire division is fucking garbage. Yeah. Which yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. like Mike Valenti of 97.1 The Ticket back in Detroit had an amazing take on it. And as he said, there A, there's no no excuses. And now there's no excuses for Matt Stafford. Absolutely not. Yeah. And, you want to talk about a guy you want to talk about a guy who almost died this week. It was Matt Stafford in that Lions game against the New got, Orleans Saints. You've got a Green Bay team that's missing its quarterback and is is more injury depleted than any I think any NFL team I've seen in recent years. You've got a Minnesota Vikings team without a true starting quarterback or relying, running back or running back for that matter uh, and you've got a Chicago Bears team that is fumbling its way through the season yet somehow still pulling off wins underneath Mitch Trubisky exactly we all uh, added Chicago to be our third team in the grave pool a team that we all decided on different weeks was going to be dead in the water they still have a chance to win this division I, you can't convince I, me it's a no. long shot that's a huge best. long yeah, shot I, and, and I understand like having hindsight hindsight being 2020 none of us in this booth thought that if a Mitchell Trubisky-led Bears was going to be a bad team. They're not going to be a great team. I don't see them doing better than the Washington Redskins. I don't think they need to. I think, I don't the, think, I think you need to be 9-7 and seven to win this NFC North. And I think no, that's very true, but there. here's the thing. The Lions haven't lost yet in the division. They're 1-0. and They beat the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody else has got a pretty off-not-so-good off record. So, uh, other than the Minnesota Vikings, I, th- I really do believe that if the Minnesota Vikings, by the way, get Teddy Bridgewater back... Who's practicing again. Who's practicing now... That's a different team. I don't oh, know sure. how and much better. Dalvin, I mean, we've, I, me I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Once you look at when you get that team back together, they are a serious contender to win that division every year if that defense continues to have the personnel that it does and stay healthy with that offense as well. And the offensive line is much repaired, and that was their biggest issue in 2006. But don't, but but don't write off the Green Bay Packers. No, you yet. shouldn't. But they're I'm no, so but, angry. but they're in no better or worse position, in my opinion without Aaron Rodgers in the mix than the other three teams. You've got Mitchell Trubisky, a rookie quarterback. You've got Case fucking Keenum and Matt Stafford who can't stand up straight. I, I understand Brett Hundley's not good as yeah, Rodgers, but, but you still have a fighting chance. I, 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 st- hope so. I still think the, I, I mean think so. I, I, I would like to be more optimistic than Tony on this, and I'm not saying they don't have a chance at all, but I think it's going to be an incredibly long road with the number of injuries that they're dealing with and, and the fact that, that I tend to agree with Tony that Mike McCarthy's play-calling style does not fit with the personnel that they it's have on that tough. team. It's going to be difficult. Dangles, let's talk about your New England Patriots real fast. Okay. Uh, the New York Jets obviously lost this week to the New England Patriots, but the New York Jets' uh, panties are in a bunch over a call with the Austin Safarians-Jenkins would-be touchdown that turned into a touchback. If you haven't seen the replay, Austin Safarians-Jenkins is getting tackled as he dives over the goal line. As he's going over the goal line, he loses control of the ball for a split second before he regains control of the ball. But by the time he has regained control of the ball, he is over the pylon out of bounds. They call 
called it a fumble out of bounds and gave it, instead of a touchdown to the New York Jets, they gave it a touchback to Brady and the Patriots. Brady and the Patriots go on winning by 10 instead of being only up by 3 at that moment. It was a very interesting situation. It was. Do you have anything to defend the rule or any thoughts on what had happened? I mean, look, this is the New York Jets, guys. That's, I guess that's all I have to say about it. This is the team that's responsible for the butt fumble, okay? If there's a team in the NFL that this is going to happen to, it's going to be Woody Johnson's New York motherfucking Jets. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. really against all the Patriots. That is real, again, and of course it's going to be against the Patriots. Of course it's going to be at MetLife in front of Jets fans who are legitimately energized to see their team play a, at times, faltering Patriots squad at, that could have potentially, if they won that game and who knows what would have happened if the Severian Jenkins touchdown gets called the opposite way. The win there, as we talked about last week, puts them in the driver's seat in the AFC East and the Patriots are suddenly going, oh, oh boy, Patriots, we just lost to the Jets. The Patriots did not look convincing in that win. I no, gotta, they I gotta, haven't looked convincing in a lot of games this year and it's because of the defense. It continues to be an issue with the defense. It's not about putting points on the board. It's never about putting hmm. points on the board. I'm never worried that Tom Brady is not going to be able to engineer a drive that's not when I'm sitting on the couch watching a game. I'm not going, oh, man, the offense is coming back out here. I really hope Brady doesn't get picked off, or I really hope he doesn't throw a, a you know bad long ball to Brandon Cooks. No, no. It's when they go three and out or after Brady throws a touchdown, and then, oh, boy, the defense has to come back out here, and what the hell is going to happen? Well, if I'll tell you what. If the refs keep making calls like that, in the favor of the New England Patriots, they're going to do fine because I don't know what gave them the balls to make that call. It was amazing. It was a good call when you watch the replay, but as you're watching, you're like, how and why would you call that? I can't imagine any other team, really, other than the Dallas Cowboys, getting that kind of favoritism in terms of the I mean, call. I don't know if it was favoritism. There, look, I just think it was the most Jets thing. I guarantee you Belichick is not happy after that win. He's never happy. He, he's not happy well, after a 45-10 blowout. Okay, but I'm so talking about that particular play. Well, it, that's I, ridiculous no, I guess, that that even gets even uh, considered a I guess call. what I'm saying, bigger picture in the AFC East right now, you know, the Patriots are still far and away the favorites to win that division. Sure, but and, I th- I'm not saying that the Jets would have won that game. I'm just saying that call was a little oddball from 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 my point of view. I saw it live. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, well, jeez, they're calling that stuff. I think everybody better brush up on their, you know, on, on holding on to the ball as they t- as the as the football breaks the plane. It was amazing. It was an amazing call. So it brought me a little bit of hope in what was a forlorn Sunday for me. But let's move on. Let's move forward to our uh, our gravestone section, then after that we're going to be doing the Battle for L.A. where Tony is now fully on board the Rams train and there's nothing that can take him off it. And then after that we'll have Pick'em where, uh, broad guy, you didn't do too good this week. It's no. just a little spoiler alert. Didn't do good. All right, let's do gravestones. And now for this week's edition of Gravestones. Each week, the three hosts of the Left Coasters podcast pick a team from the NFL to put into the ground and to claim that they will not make the playoffs this year, 2017. Each week a host picks one uh, picks a team first, and the host following cannot choose that team that particular week. The three of us together have now killed off the San Francisco 49ers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Chicago Bears. Diggity Dangles again will go first this week, I am second, and the ballerina falls third dangles in weeks past you've also killed the Cleveland Browns and the two New York franchises of the Jets 
and the Giants, who will you kill in this week seven? This week, my gravestone goes with much, much trepidation, but and 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 even some heartbreak to the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh my goodness. Winners of two straight. This is not a reflection of the team that they actually are, but more of the division that they are part of. Someone has to lose in the AFC West, and I'm just not ready to call any of these other divisions yet. I love what we can see with the Chargers now after two straight wins, but unfortunately, I just don't see a world where they come out of the AFC West Smelling like roses. You choose to kill the Chargers who just beat the also 2-4 and four Oakland Raiders. They do. And with that, all three of us must bow our heads and give a moment of silence to the first of the Los Angeles teams to go into the grave pool. And now it is my turn. And much to popular agreement, I will not be killing the Green Bay Packers this week, although I really, really am close. Instead, I do not know what decision to make. So I'm going to use my get-out-of-jail-free card and kill the Cleveland Browns. Wow. I held on to you for a while, Cleveland, with no real hope that you would make the playoffs. <laughs> because you stink. And Hugh Jackson, I believe, is 1-57 as a head coach in the NFL. Woof. So let us now bow our heads for a little bit shorter moment of silence for the woeful Cleveland Browns. This is getting really hard. Brian, will you make it be that a third team goes into the grave pool that we've all killed? Who will it be? Could you please let me I'm so sorry. You've already killed the New York Jets and the five others that will sit in our grave pool. Today, I am going to kill the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. I don't see it. I don't see it at all when you consider the Carolina Panthers and 4 and 2, the New Orleans Saints, the rejuvenated defense of the New Orleans Saints and the mishapped Atlanta Falcons, who just so happened to lose to Jay Cutler. But it does not, does not come into consideration when I think about how bad the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing right now and just lost to another potential gravestone pick in the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. With that being said, and James Winston and his shoulder injury being an issue, I say goodbye to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's a little too early. And you still have the Giants available. I'll take them later. Okay. Get out of jail free. And that is this week's Gravestones. Left Coasters. And now we are back, Left Coasters. I'm a, I've had a little bit of coffee. I'm ready to talk for realsies this time because we're talking about two teams that won this weekend in resounding fashion. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Los Angeles Rams both pulled out big wins. And what if I told you? 
that the Los Angeles Rams, six weeks into the season, would be leading the NFC West with a 4-2 record. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I would have told you, yeah. yeah, we would have told nuts. you you were nuts. Nuts. Yeah, exactly. But let's start off with the Chargers, guys, because they are winners of two straight, and they beat the Derek Carr return Oakland Raiders in Oakland. By a point. It was... By a point. What's going on in San Diego, guys? Oh, wait. Los Angeles Chargers. We can call them Los Angeles Chargers again because they just won two straight. You're allowed to come back. What's going on? How did they win that game? Well, I find it interesting that, you know, their running game looked fantastic yeah. against a pretty solid Oakland Raiders defense. I, I saw an identity kind of come out of them. Mm-hmm. That was really fun to watch. Um, you know, they still have a very effective passing offense. They're fourth in the league. It's It's, you know, they're not... But you know what's interesting? They're, the last two games, 27-22 against the New York Giants and 17-16 against the Oakland Raiders, tells me that they're now kind of winning those close games that, they, that they've that they been you know, known to lose. Has late, the tide turned? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know either. Derek Carr didn't look like himself. No, I, didn't. I, I don't know if it was due to his injury I mean, can you or blame the guy for being a little, you know, little leery on his first time back, especially on a back injury. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, leg, like limbs, appendages are one thing, but your spine is kind of, you know, sort of important to the whole standing thing. I kind of makes me believe he wasn't ready to come back. If yeah. you told me he wasn't ready to come back, I would have believed you. What did I say last week? What did I say last week? They should have kept him out if he wasn't ready. But he didn't have a bad game either. They That's were going to lose other... that game regardless. I don't know about that. It I don't know. I think I think Derek Carr, I mean, three turnovers for that Oakland team kind of sealed the deal for them, including a great Joey Bosa move for the strip sack. Uh, but the Turnovers were huge, but, I mean, this also comes down to kicking on both sides of the <laughs> yeah. football, really, when you think about it. Special because teams. The, this kid, Georgie Tavecchio, first of all, missed an extra point that would have made this, a, you know, would have made that an overtime game and given the Raiders <laughs> a chance to win. And, obviously, Nick Novak coming in and redeeming the Chargers, who up to this week in the season had lost two games on missed field. Well, one on a block <laughs> and one on a miss. Uh, by the former Chargers kicker, uh, Young Way Koo. And so, yeah, Nick Novak redeeming the Chargers in that sense. But, yeah, I mean, the turnovers and the kicking game, I think, for me, are what ultimately helped the Chargers get a win here. Because otherwise, with the exception to the running game, Phillip Rivers looked okay. The receiving game looked okay. Hunter Henry is a leading receiver again. I just I fail to understand why this Chargers team has such a difficult time getting their passing game going with such talented wide receivers. It honestly boggles my mind. I think I yeah I don't know. Do you either, know? Daniel. Can you guys can you guys I shed some I'm light not, on this for I, me? Because that for God's sake, the tight end should not be when you're especially when he's Hunter Henry. If it's if it's Rob Gronkowski, fine. If he's your leading receiver every week, the dude is a wide receiver anyway. But Hunter Henry, he's just a big blob with arms. Well, he catches think... things. Okay, <laughs> your leading receiver when you have Keenan Allen and Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams should thing. not be your tight end. Here's the thing. I think Keenan Allen. It means he's checking down to say. Safety blanket no. and not taking risks. I don't. I, uh, would you, if, but if Philip Rivers was taking risks, he'd be throwing interceptions. That's the Philip Rivers way. I just, so would you rather have that though than just t- t- 268 yards and a touchdown? Yeah. His quarterback rating is 62. I'd rather have like, us win. I'd rather man. have us win. I mean, Keenan Allen obviously is not the world beater that he was before the two injuries. Terrell Williams. I don't think Terrell Williams is that good. I think he had a flash in the pan year. Mike Williams. I almost forgot. Of course, Mike Williams came back. first catch of the, the first catch of his and young only, career. Only catch of his career for 15 yards. He wasn't on the yards. field a lot. But Mel, how how blessed is this team to have Melvin Gordon? He had nine receptions himself when and also had on. 83 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns on the day. Melvin Gordon, this team would be nowhere without that no, running back. No, they wouldn't. When he's on, he's great. But I think 
for me, I think that's what my issue here is with this Chargers team. And one another one of the reasons, besides the fact that they're in the toughest division in football that I put them in the gravestone pool this week, was because of their inconsistency on both mm-hmm. sides of the football, frankly. Mm-hmm. That kind of inconsistency does not track well for, through a 16-game season in the toughest division in the NFL. I, thought, I, I have to get a lot of credit to Anthony Lynn. To me, this looked like a well-coached team because when I see the stats on the defensive side of the ball for the Oakland Raiders, I don't see sacks. I don't. I don't see a lot of big players like you know Khalil Mack having a big day. So to me, I, I have to give a high five to this coaching staff to neutralizing their key players. I think what you saw was a really decently coached, well gamed, uh, well prepared uh, Chargers. For the first time in a long time, to my to my uh, viewpoint, yes, Tony, what? Give me one full game without you having to use a timeout because the play clock ran out on you on offense before you could get the playoff. Then I'll think about giving you a high five as a coaching staff. They won, didn't I'll they? Think about it. Like that's what matters more. The W. Will they win this week? That is the question. The Chargers. Who do we got? coming up the broncos are coming to town uh-oh uh-oh, uh-oh. this is going to be the test broncos are going to be angry right too. <laughs> i'm excited to see an angry denver yeah, Bronco broncos team. are mad that they lost yeah uh and they are absolutely going to want to uh come in here to a team Demolish. to a team they know they can beat and to a game that by all accounts should be a home game for the denver broncos fan wise because charger fans just aren't showing up to the stub hub center the visiting fans are traveling and it's not that far now, from denver to la we did play this denver team already as a Charger team we lost because the field goal was blocked at the end what do the Chargers need to do to actually seal the victory other than of course making that kick what do the Chargers need to do to seal the victory against Denver I think they have to do what they did against the Oakland Raiders and that's kind of play to maximizing their strengths and and, and minimizing the other team's strengths and not playing and playing to their weakness and I think the Denver Broncos have a weakness right now in the center of that defense I think they 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 uncharacteristically did not play well against the run terribly against the run it was against new york giants terribly it was awful and i think that plays to the chargers strengths in having melvin gordon and guess what that was a great job by the offensive line for the uh, los angeles chargers giving philip rivers time and giving that running game some some mojo to to eat clock Mm because you know eating clock is a is 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 a is a defense's best friend so to i I think it's going to behoove the chargers to play possession ball use melvin gordon and then sparingly use philip rivers to go over the top now you got mike williams maybe he's healthy if he's not you got keenan allen like let's start playing to your strengths and let's stop playing out of the box a little bit and and take control of the game early on and 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 you're playing a good team at the end of the day so really good team so so play to your strengths maximize you know their weaknesses and i think you have a shot and i think you just put it in philip rivers hands and you say don't turn the ball over just don't be a jackass i think uh, i think you try to make simeon beat you because simeon got hurt in that game against new york he did come back to finish it although the brocket ship was out there for a split second and everyone got intrigued when brock osweiler went under center but I think you got to make uh, Simeon beat you. I think that's the recipe. I like Simeon personally, but he did not play well against the New York Giants defense, missing one of their starting cornerbacks. So it'll be interesting to see what the Chargers defense can do to try and stop C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles. Dangles, what do you think they got to do to win this game? I think the first thing they need to do is score early. I think, Brian, you mentioned this quickly, because this is a Denver team that will hang with you defensively throughout the entire game. And if you don't score early on and get a couple of touchdowns out in front of yourself, because, again, and to your 
your point, I think it just sort of speaks to what both of you were saying. If you get a score early, then you really do make Trevor Simeon beat. You make him come out and have to score, have to make good passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing I think they need to do is the run defense needs to be much better than it was the first time they played this team. Jamal Charles uh, and C.J. Anderson, between the two of them, Killed ran him. for, uh, yeah, 121 yards on them last time. That cannot happen this time around if they expect to win because Trevor Simeon is not uh, an excellent quarterback. If you make him beat, beat you with your throws and not with the ground game and you can get a couple touchdowns early against that defense, you might surprise him and keep him back on their heels. And I'm wondering if watching the New York Giants beat the Denver Broncos last week was a show of what happens when uh, an a offense changes you know, identity without the likes of Odell Beckham lining up on the other side. So take cues, I think, if you're the if you're the Chargers and looking at the matchups, the the strengths that the the Giants played with and, and getting the ball around. And Eli Manning did a nice job last game. He was efficient. He was eleven for nineteen. That has to be one of the few times I've seen New, uh, Eli Manning not pass for over thirty attempts a game. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot to I think what the the Chargers can do in giving the ball to Melvin Gordon and, and opening up the holes and then asking Philip Rivers to play cool. And he threw at Eli a lot to the slightly less amorphous blob of a tight end in Ingram that oh, they have in New York. So, so watch out for Hunter Henry doing a big week again this week. I believe, though, however, that Denver comes away with the victory here. That's who I'm taking with my first pick of the week. Brian, who do you take? I'm picking Denver as well. Dangles? Uh, I think I'm also going to go with Denver. I think it's time for the Chargers to come back down to earth. Uh, well, we did all kill the Chargers in our grave pool. Sorry for putting them there. Let's move on to the loss. Angeles Rams, who went into Jacksonville, played a what seems to be a very, very good defense. <laughs> Pharaoh Cooper, start the game off with a kick return. Thank God your How name isn't that? Tavon Austin. And then Leonard Fournette punches right back with a, <laughs> a long-ass run for a touchdown. Suddenly, before we hit the 14-minute mark, it's 7-7 in the game. A crazy, fun, interesting game. Gurley played great. Goff played okay. I really liked what the defense did. What happened that we won this game in Jacksonville? This is a big-time win. This is a big-time win. I just love how many points we're putting up on the board. Me too. Good God. Like, that's they're the most exciting team in football, in my opinion, to watch right now because of that fact alone. Uh, you're watching just a really good offense. I mean, Sean McVay's... A, a fucking stud. Can we call that? I mean, we've been waiting for this offense to kind of slow down a little bit because they played in so not so many amazing teams at the beginning of the season. But their last three games, Dallas, Seattle, Jacksonville, those are three fantastic teams that are all playoff contenders, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they put up 35, 10, and 27 respectively. Uh, that's fantastic, and that's and that's kind of you know their mantra is, I think the fact that Goff is good gives that team so much, uh, so many options to win that game you've got Todd Gurley you've got you've got Goff if everybody's just sharing the load kind of like a New England Patriots style offense everybody just plays in their lane you're gonna win and that's that's cool as shit so I I think you just keep doing what you're doing and that is spreading the ball around giving the ball uh to Gurley and just letting him play around and and you're getting your money's worth out of Whitworth I mean, he's keeping oh, that offensive line is so makes me so happy. Now. Oh God, it's it's fantastic, and I think that that that's that's going to be their their bread and butter again this week against the uh, Cardinals. But going back to this game, you just saw the, the, a, a continuation of that another brick in that wall of standing next to this idea that Jared Goff is the real deal. I think they found their formula, and McVay's found their formula to be successful, and that starts and ends with Gurley, and then that way you don't put too much pressure on Goff to go out there and make plays because Goff has. Been 
been making some mistakes that you would expect a young quarterback to make. But, but they're he's minimized. Also, exactly. And he's also making the plays when he needs to. Uh, Dangles. Yeah, he hasn't been. I do want to say I, he has. He has been. He's been good. And that's just it, I think. And we still have to keep keep our expectations tempered with him because, I mean, look, you look at his—he only threw for 124 yards in this game. Mm-hmm. To me, this game comes down to special teams because if if Farrell Cooper doesn't return that opening kick for a touchdown, and uh, if if uh, Malcolm Brown doesn't block that punt and it doesn't get returned for uh, for a touchdown as well, this is uh, this is a, not a game that the Rams are in because they didn't—they weren't able to score in orthodox ways this time around. It was a Jared full Goff, team win. It, it really yeah. was a full team win, and you got to give—you definitely got to give credit. To um to Jim Fassel and the uh to and the special teams unit there, um Jared Goff by the way, fourth in the league in yards per attempt right now. Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, and Tom Brady, the three men who are in front of him with regards to uh, uh, uh his yards per attempt. He's seventh in the league in total yards so far this season. What He's up, putting Goff? up big boy numbers. What up, baby? So now we take those big boy numbers overseas to London to play in a night game for them, a 1 p.m. start time here against a division rival in London. Craziness. Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams are not coming back to California. They were going to be in Jacksonville until Thursday. That's when they depart to go to uh, London. It's just an odd, odd scheduling quirk that we are doing this game at nighttime in London for them. What do we need to do to beat the Cardinals, who put a stomping on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, I think you're looking at a different team now with Adrian Peterson. That was actually the I one agree. thing that I regret not putting my foot down on harder when we were talking about it last week. I, if you guys remember correctly, I asked you, does Adrian Peterson affect this game? And both of you were like, nah, nah. In my head, I was thinking, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he kind of does, but I can't say I can't say no to that. There's no evidence to support it, so I'm going to go. But now we have that evidence, and I think Adrian Peterson adds a dynamic to this team that the Arizona Cardinals kind of were obviously lacking with Johnson not being healthy. Yes, yeah. So you're kind of back in this mold of like, well, now we got to worry about the Arizona Cardinals. We can't sleep on them because yes. at the very least, we understand Carson Palmer's limitations as a quarterback. Now they're kind of, I guess you could say, minimized because of what the running game does to that team now. That's a, wholly diff- that's a whole different team. However, I do think that the Arizona Cardinals are still a work in progress on the other side of the ball defensively, and I think there's going to be opportunities for them. I mean, obviously, Patrick Peterson's the the real deal, but you can see how a Sean McVay offense can can really hurt a defense with the weapons that they have currently right now. A, a, A working offensive line, a great running game, and then, you know, really good role playing wide receivers with a Sammy Watkins who isn't getting the ball at all right now because everything else is doing so well. And he is getting looks, though. He's he getting the occasional looks. look, but but I have to say Jared Goff isn't the throws that he got the, him, yeah. this last week. I, there were a couple throws that Jared Goff made to Sammy Watkins that kind of made me go. They were off most of them off target. Maybe kind of go okay. Well, Sammy, you're going to have to play that role of being a threat more than a than, yeah. a, than a producer yes. right now. And hey, dude, as long as your team's winning, like shut the fuck up and like try to play get a ball. ring. Try to get a ring. I uh, I think. Uh, for the Rams to win this game against the Cardinals, I don't think Adrian Peterson is the man they need to focus on. I think it's Larry Fitzgerald. 
Every time Carson Palmer gets in trouble, he looks at Larry Fitzgerald, and Larry Fitzgerald this year has been making the play looks after really good. play after play. Uh, that's the threat. That's the man you need to stop because they don't have anyone else that scares me. They do not have anyone else that scares me. And Carson Palmer, if he can't, if he doesn't have his go-to guy, he will make mistakes and throw the ball into the de- defense's hands. So we can get another couple of uh, uh, interceptions for touchdowns that this Rams team needs to make this a full team win. Dangles. You know, very quietly, Larry Fitzgerald has actually racked himself up a good season this year. He's sixth in the league in receiving yards, mm-hmm. uh, even though the Cardinals have been kind of bad. Shitty. Uh, yeah. Well, I was trying to be nice, but yes, you're right. You're Right, they have. I'm been not shitty. nice this week. I mean, I mean, I don't know if I would say put a stomping on that is what they did last week. They only won by five points. I mean, there were a lot of points put up on the board, but yeah, they, only, but they Ryan, only won by five points against a team that was quarterbacked by Ryan Fitzpatrick. I understand that that it's the same thing as New Orleans. You would say I mean, New Orleans stomped on Detroit because they did. Detroit ended up winning the game. Detroit ended up coming back when New Orleans was like, all right, the game's over. Arizona did the same thing. All right, game's over. And then Tampa Bay is like, no, we still have a quarter and a half to play. They made it interesting. But all in all, it keep doesn't matter. Arizona, I think, stomped on them. Anyway, yes. The point being, you know, I think I think it really comes down honestly to the other side of the ball for for the Rams. I mean, as you know, as Brian mentioned as well, I think this is. I, I don't know if I would say that the defense is a work in progress because they have some of the pre- most premier defensive players in the league on that defense, but they're just not playing up to their standard. This right. Year. I said that and because this is twenty eighth points, twenty second yards. 26 pass. Right. No, yeah. and, the, and I just and said they weren't living there. They they certainly aren't. And in terms of actual the yards that they've produced on the year, the LA Rams are fourth in the NFL. So basically, they just need to stop the Rams. If they want to win this game, they need to stop the Rams from scoring. And Adrian Peterson needs to go ham like he did last week. And you think what will happen is So <laughs> So I think that uh I think that the Rams probably win this game. I'm going to go with Los Angeles. Probably. Yeah, probably so. I think I think London is in for a treat. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch on television. I think that if you're in London, you should go to Twiggingham, Twillingham Stadium, wherever Sounds it may right. be, and Sounds go watch right. this game. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, and I think the Rams win. I'm going with the Rams as well. All right. Ram it, baby. Uh, and lastly, uh, we want to talk about where we are on a scale of a fandom. Ten being your hardcore Rams fan, one being your hardcore San, Di- uh, San Diego Chargers fan, and if you end up in the middle in, in the five <laughs> in the five to six region, it's not that you're not a fan of either team; it's that you don't really have a gr- no one's grabbing you. Uh, last week I fell a lot because the Rams didn't impress me in their chance to beat up Seattle. Now that Aaron Rodgers is dead, I'm a ten on the Rams. I, I am a Rams bandwagon fan right now. I'm ready to ride this <laughs> I appreciate train. Your honesty, you may be though. the only one in the United I'm States. I'm ready to ride this train until the finish. They're an exciting team. I love the way the offense is running. I have Todd Gurley in every fantasy league. I could grab him. The defense is fun. This is a team I want to succeed, even though their uniforms are some of the ugliest in the world. That, that could be fixed. Only when they wear the blue the bottoms. White, the white helmets are so freaking ugly. I can't stand uh, I don't like the white helmets. They stand look okay no, they with had, the white jerseys, though, don't no, they? they no, the, they had the blue jerseys with the white pants because it was a filing with the NFL. They wanted to change uniforms because it was going to match with the Jacksonville... I don't understand how you don't know how to plan your uniforms out and be like, let's not have mismatched uniforms with these ugly, ugly white helmets. Regardless, I'm a 10. Brian, you were a 10 last week. I'm still going to be a 10. For the Rams, Dangles, you were an 8, leaning towards the Rams. You have changed it all? Um, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go up to a 9 this week after that win. Um, it was a nice win. It was a nice win. I still... I still want to see more. And I, I have, but, but I say that 
with now the expectation that Sean McVay and the Rams will give it to me as a fan. If I had you saying that, you know, wanting to be a Rams fan earlier in the season, I was still a little sort of hesitant to maybe throw my hat into one side of the ring or the other. But now I've seen what this team can do. I've seen what this offense can produce. And the defense can hang. We know we all know that as well. So I, I, I have confidence that I will be a 10 if they continue to play the way that they've been playing. It's unbelievable how, how far the charges have fallen for us, even though they've won two straight, that nowhere near our fandom lies. I think the idea is that the Rams kind of have the players that you want to get behind. Yeah. You know, yeah. these young players living up to potential is kind of a... It's not. It's a rare thing. Yeah, it really is. It's super rare. So why not enjoy it when you got it as a fan to see it? And they are four and two. That's yeah. really exciting. I mean, I want to root for a playoff team. This is LA Dodgerland. We're all from someplace else. Root for another baseball team. But I, I'm excited to watch the, the and watch and see the continued success of the Dodgers because yeah. that that leads to that leads to some fun. So I want to see the same thing happen in the football realm. The Chargers story just isn't compelling to me. That's just really what it comes down no, to. No, it's not. Um, you know, the Rams is. It, it, it's that simple. Sean McVay's story is compelling. I still love, I think my favorite thing that I've seen of him all season long is that text I sent you. It was a, a post that the Rams put up of, of uh, Sean McVay running with Sammy Watkins stride for stride with Sammy Watkins on his routes because that's the kind of guy he is. And I texted it to to, to my friend Craig Hoffman, who's the beat reporter for, for the Washington, one of the beat reporters for the Washington Redskins. And he was like, that's just who Sean is. He did that here and he does it. He does it now. Before we move on to the pick em, Yeah, uh, what is so GD funny? Where do you guys think Jeff Fisher is right now? Oh, okay. That, that <laughs> oh, is funny. He's fly fishing in Montana <laughs> with his dog, for sure. Eating a gas station burrito. <laughs> it is, it is, his, his bearded, steroid-abusing son is right but alongside not him. Eating it like not eating it like on a plate or anything. He's like with the, with the you know, it's not, and it's not even like wrapped in tinfoil. This thing is like plastic with one of those little paper cards oh. under it, and he's eating it straight from the package, crinkling and everything. What and, a difference. Difference a year makes, huh? All right, let's move on to Sunday NFL Pick'em. Left Coasters. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. Give us a like. Give us a listen. Give us a subscribe. It helps us out. And also, you can find us at www.theleftcoasterspodcast.com. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. We have a Facebook, all under the same name. Aaron Rodgers is dead. It's time to make the Sunday NFL pick 'em. Uh, last week, Dangles and I both went seven and seven. Brian went six and eight. We did not have a good week altogether. But then again, there were so many upsets last week. It was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy week for the season. Dangles, you were still in the lead at fifty-four and thirty-seven. A very good record at this time. I am fifty-two and thirty-nine. Brian fifty-one and forty. We're all really tight right now. We all chose to take Denver in the Chargers game. We all chose to take the Rams over Arizona. What do we got on Thursday? night brian all right here we go thursday october 19th at a 5 25 start we have the kansas city chiefs at the oakland raiders that's specific time for all your east coast listeners the, most people listening to this show are probably kansas city just got coast. upset yeah, some people are by big ben roethlisberger lost their first game of the season by yeah. pittsburgh off of some random plays, that Antonio Brown catch on the sideline where it went through a Kansas City player's helmet before Antonio Brown caught with one hand. It was awesome. I'll tell you it what. It was awesome. The Kansas City Chiefs better get Kelsey back in that in that in that mix. I think that if I could, if I were a coach on that team, I'd say well, let's get back to business and get him the ball. You think Derek Carr wins this game? No. Yeah, I, th I think Kansas City wins too. 
Yeah, they're probably mad uh, about the loss, and um, I think that was just kind of a one-off sort of thing. I don't necessarily think that. But was, uh, it would yeah. be this season, though. The way things have I been know, going, I know this season's crazy. I'm going to make some crazy picks this week. Just prefacing this now because this season has been crazy. I'm yeah. going with my gut on these. I'm not thinking like, well, maybe the Jets do really. So stink. you're not no, thinking your, yourself. You're you're you got a I'm game not plan for your game I'm plan. Just, I'm just going with my gut here. But Kansas City wins this game. All right. So our next game is at. Uh, 10 o'clock here, 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock Eastern Coast. <laughs> for no one else, for my dad. Okay. Mr. D'Angelo Antonio, that's uh, 1 o'clock your time. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> These two this is an interesting game. These two teams. This is an interesting game. This uh, says a lot about somebody here. I think Tampa Bay actually stinks. I think Tampa Bay actually stinks. I think they might be terrible. I think Dirk Cutter might be out of his element. I think Dirk Cutter doesn't deserve that team. They started doing all these two-point <laughs> conversions because their kicker missed a field goal, not because like the the math worked where they had to get eight points instead of whatever. He's panicking. He just started to go two-point conversions because he was pissed off that his kicker missed an earlier kick. He's panicking. And then to sit Jameis when Jameis was apparently fine because you went with Ryan Fitzpatrick instead. Were you trying to teach Jameis a lesson? I don't understand. I don't like what's coming out of Tampa Bay. I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah, the Buffalo defense is solid. Yeah, they are. Uh, and I think I think Shady McCoy is poised for a big week here. I think he could run all over this Buccaneers defense, uh, and uh, hopefully he will. I'm going to go He's with Bills. He's on your fantasy, huh? He definitely is on a lot of my fantasy teams this year, uh, uh, which was, uh, I realize now, a bad decision. I'm playing um, Dangles this week. Gotcha. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with the Bills as well. Okay. Next, we have the Ravens at the Vikings. God damn it. This is interesting. I'm going to just go with my gut right away, uh, and I'm going to say that God Minnesota wins this game. I God just I think it. the Vikings are going to win. Baltimore is truly horrendous on offense. They're really bad. I don't know what their running game's all about. I I don't I don't I don't. Buck either. Allen, where were you this week? Where why were you not giving Buck Allen the guy who typically gets you 150 yards easy? Why aren't you giving him the ball? Their receiving core, which is mediocre on a good day, is decimated with injuries. They've got no one to throw to. You at lost the, to at the, the tight end position. They lost to the Bears. Bears. I mean, this team is Harbaugh should be worried about his job. Oh, I yeah. would be. I would be. If I were Harbaugh, I'd want out. Yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Minnesota's going to be five and fucking two. That Unbelievable. That pains me. Unbelievable. Next, we have the Jets at the Dolphins. <laughs> this is hey this man, is so dumb. I'm picking the New York Jets to Listen, win this. One of these teams is going to have four <laughs> wins at the end of this I'm week. And you know what? I think They're it's going to be four and three, or Miami could be four and two. If I think they it's going to be the New York Jets. I'm with you, baby. Josh McCown. I'm with you. Has looked competent. In the pocket. He can throw the ball. He's finding Austin Safarian Jenkins for re- both real and fake touchdowns. <laughs> and Robbie Anderson. And Robbie Anderson, Travis a.k.a. Scott. Travis Scott, is oh. is the real deal, baby. I mean, so what do you – But well, how do you make sense of the Dolphins win? Uh, uh, I get what the Jets have done, but I how do you make sense of Jay Cutler beating the Atlanta Falcons? Literally falling into victories. They are falling into victories. I don't know how. <laughs> Jay Cutler throws the ball, and you can see in his face that he knows that was the wrong decision, yet it still works out. Better, I don't get it. With lucky, Better lucky He's than good, right? He's fortunate to have Jarvis Landry because he has Jarvis been Landry. doing and Jay Ajayi's so playing great too. much. He has Jay been Ajayi's doing playing great so too. much. Yeah, I definitely just want to say thank you to my coworker, by the way, who <laughs> dropped Jay Ajayi in our work league. <laughs> And I snatched him right up. Enough with your I'm actually picking team. the Miami Dolphins because this is that game where you just go, yeah. How could we have picked the Jets? You're you know. Pick, I mean, honestly, yeah. I don't. I don't want to touch either of these teams. But I. But I. I, 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 I but we got to pick one. But I also think like 
we talk about going back down to earth. I just see the Dolphins being that team, like where I'm that kind just of fall into victories. Well, that kind of make me sick to my stomach when we do Gravestone next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. So uh, next we have the Jaguars at the Colts. Don't sleep on the Colts. Don't sleep on the Colts. Exactly. Do not sleep on the Colts. Uh, uh, Jacoby. Uh, Listen, man, Jacoby Brissett's trying his damnedest. He really is. Give that guy a, a real high five. Learning a new offense, learning new teammates, thrust into the game right away. Scott Tolzien was garbage, and Jacoby just comes in and starts trying to make victories happen. He's going to make some interesting trade bait. Indy's not that good. Like Indy doesn't have a successful no. team around him. Dante Moncrief, what a waste of a draft pick that guy was. He dropped a surefire touchdown for oh, Jacoby. Oh, that was really he, bad. Jacoby, and he dropped it in even there. Gruden couldn't. Bl- Gruden oh. was. Gruden was beside oh. himself about how perfect this ball was, was and great. how incompetent was Dante Moncrief was in terms of catching it. Yeah, and I don't, you know, the run game is there one week, it's not the other. It's a new guy this week. It's, you know, it's it's fascinating. It but is at? It is at Indianapolis. Which is why I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Mike Pence is going to make an appearance and then leave. Yeah, fuck. I'm going to go with Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Jacksonville. They're two and one on the road so far this year, and I think this is all about stopping Leonard Fournette for the uh, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, which not many teams have been able to do yet this year. And their run defense nobody is has not I, that they're good. not that good. But I think that a uh, little twist, that little yeah. uh, twist Fournette has, is a oh, little bit the more injury serious than people but, think. But yeah. I don't know if you, did you notice Chris Ivory making an appearance? Like he did, and crazy he he, he had a he had a catching touch or he had a receiving touchdown, so, which was uh, yeah I, I big. Think, but I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to step in and fill a Leonard. Fournette-sized hole. Exactly, and if you have to make Bortles do stuff, Jacksonville's in trouble. So I think Indy sneaks one. They're, Again, uh, go with my gut. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, feel good no matter what happens with your season, you're getting a new quarterback, for sure. And you also have a surefire running back in Leonard Fournette. You are going to be just deal. fine. Man is the well, real and that's, deal. That's, that's the, you know, maybe the second hardest thing besides finding that franchise QB is finding a bell cow, a true bell cow Someone who you can is not trust, yeah. part, Comes in one in a, once in a generation, who's, really. Yeah, who's not who's not a back that's fit to be part of a system, who's not a back that is that is only going to be part Adrian of a system. Adrian Peterson's aren't growing on A trees. guy who you can give every single ball to every game, and he is going to rip off a bunch of yards. All right, well, here we go. Next, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Green Bay Packers. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Is that a, is that like a uh, morale pick or? This is the game where everyone thinks we're going to lose. Everyone thinks that you know Green I'm, Bay I, is I, dead. I don't everyone thinks that, that Green Bay is dead. That New Orleans is going to come in after scoring 50 and score a million on them. I think New Orleans falters a little bit, and I think Brett Hundley, with a full week of planning and success, they're going to plan. The confidence is going to be here for this game. If this is, if he's going to win a game, this is the game he's going to win. And if they lose this game this season, they will be my gravestone next week if they lose this game. That's a guarantee. What if they keep it close? What if it's like a la- like an overtime field goal? Oh, I'm gonna, and they lose, I'm going to give them my gravestone. They need to win this game at home. And it starts with, I don't want to complain how much they don't run the ball anymore. I'm sick and tired of doing it. But no, Green Bay wins this game. Dangles. Uh, I'm also going to go with the Packers. Uh, wow. They're 3-0 and at home this year so far, and I think between the Lambeau crowd being 100% behind Brett Hundley because they all know that no one thinks that they could, the Packers can win now without him, and with furthermore his teammates being 100% behind them, I think you're going to see every single one of those skill positions on the Packers offense step up and play above what they're normally playing because they know their quarterback is in a situation where he's being doubted, which is going to fuel him, by the way, to drive it all home and you know I think his teammates are going to want him to perform well and like Tony said this is a Saints team that's vulnerable defensively just coming off a 52 point game against the Lions 
I think they're in a position to lose this game, especially given that it's in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, this one was hard for me, but I, I'm going to have to go with the New Orleans Saints, and that's for, for one really specific reason. is That is because all of a sudden the Saints are a good team. Also, they found their running game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, watching the Lions game, by, like for anybody who didn't watch that game, that game was over in the third quarter. There was no business. They had no business. The, the Detroit Lions had no business putting Matt Stafford back on that field with the injuries that he was having. And and I think that game was over, and the Saints let them back in the game, as Tony, you put it. I, I really think they're the real deal. I think they're really, really I good. I mean, well, you know, it is it is nice that, you know, the Saints offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, now does not have to worry about having a committee running back or a running back by committee yeah, Adrian and, and pleasing Adrian Peterson, Alvin which Kamara was the, looks which the, was the issue. Too. That was the real issue was that he still had to, they still had to worry about Adrian Peterson. Now they don't, and they can focus on Ingram I, and Kamara. I think New, I think New Orleans goes in and comes out looking, looking really solid. Uh, next we have the Panthers at the bears, the bears, a scary, good game. Don't underestimate the bears. Do not underestimate yeah, they the bears. Good. They looked good. Their defense is good at soldier field. Their they defense is did. really good. I still don't trust a John Fox-led team, and I think Carolina's, <laughs> I think Carolina's going to sneak away with an NFC bye week. I really do. I think Carolina and that defense is just going to win enough games. The NFC is so depleted. You have no idea who's going to come out on top. I think Carolina wins that division and sneaks away a bye week. I'm I, going, I pick Carolina. I'm going to go with Carolina because I think uh, I think this is Mitchell Trubisky's week to show he's a real rookie. <laughs> yeah, but, Panthers win on the road for me too. Next, we have the uh, Tennessee Titans at the uh, Cleveland Browns. Good to see Marcus Mariota back, by the way. Was it? Yeah, he, yeah. he was he looked, he also, middling at he best He also last looked night. like it was a little Sorry. bit too soon for him to be back. But it, I'm saying I'm happy he got the W. He, it, oh, was, worth it. it was worth it. It was worth it. I like seeing Marcus Mariota do well because I like him as a person. When does Hugh Jackson get fired? It's a good question. I don't know if he does this year because— Are you kidding if they, what are they going? What is that going to prove by firing him in the middle of the season? Like, what does that do for the Browns? You I guess? can't like, go. Uh, and all the stories coming out of him texting Deshaun Watson saying, "Be ready on draft oh, night." Oh, that and happens then all not the time. And then yeah, not that, texting that, Deshaun Watson when Hugh Jackson. It's not like Hugh Jackson has a GM that goes against his wishes. Hugh Jackson is very much a part of that he kitchen. Took a, he took a different Deshaun. I understand. <laughs> <but> listen, <laughs> if you keep fucking up this much and you keep saying this stuff to the media, where that shows your hand, and I'm fucking up Kevin Hogan Deshaun Kaiser that's the Who's most the problematic that's gonna come thing in? for me is that and switching his record in Cleveland if they fire him midseason it shows you can't go one and 23 and keep your job but that's my, what it shows but, but my question would be who could go in there and win doesn't matter like, you need you to go, find someone else you, you know it's not who you have okay well then you better be sure there's a Sean McVay around the corner who can make sh- make magic out of something because that Cleveland Browns by the way is way worse full, full disclosure was way worse than the LA Rams were in terms of talent they have so many holes at, in, in yeah, key yeah. positions yes, they don't team. have a runner they don't have a quarterback terrible and, team and it's an awful team I don't know of anybody who can go in there and win right now and Hugh Jackson is as good as any of a reason I still think they need their one draft away from really knowing what Hugh Jackson can do I mean that, that that whole franchise is just a, no is chance a, he has a job absolute next year. No disaster. Chance. No chance. I don't they, think he finishes the I mean, season if they keep losing. And I'm prefacing this with saying I'm picking Tennessee to win this game. Okay, good. All right, everybody's are we the all same picking board. Tennessee? Yeah, I'm picking yes. the Titans. Uh, we have the this is the afternoon games. The start 
with the Cowboys and the 49ers. And uh, as of recording now, Ezekiel Elliott will be playing in this game, uh, which means I've, we've been talking God fantasy. Bless the American justice system, we, by the talking, way. We've been talking fantasy a little bit Don't too much started. here, but this fantasy league with me picking up Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden almost every this, league possible and being so happy about just, it. Now there are nobodies. What the hell is going on out there? Um, <laughs> San Fran's lost the past five weeks. They haven't won a game By this less year. than three points, though. The past five, it's never been done in NFL history as a team lost five weeks in a row less than three points, three points or less. And San Fran has done it. But now with C.J. Bathard, who played really well, really, really well. Good good for him. And going to his fellow college teammate, George Kittle, at tight end. San Fran's a team I enjoy, and I think San Fran gets their first victory this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, wow. Against the Cowboys? Yeah, man. The Iowa Hawkeyes are living large in the Bay Area this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, man. You really believe that the Dallas Cowboys are the team that the San Francisco 49ers beat? C.J. Bethard really did it for me. He really did it for me. Oh, you're just pulling rabbits out of He said he's going with his gut this week. I I, I give him him, uh, uh, kudos. A tip of the hat, if you will. This suspension shit is hanging over the head of everyone in Dallas, not just Zeke. I think that offensive line just— Oh, it's so good. It's so good. you got to take into consideration, what's the strength of the 49ers right now? That's their defensive line. Everybody who's played the 49ers has—there's been word out of the locker room and— Quotes from players who have said that might be one of the best defensive lines. It's gonna be a battle ever. Like it's gonna be a battle. They're such a young, great team, and it and it shows. That's what keeps them in games. That's what allows Brian Hoyer, C.J. Bethard, whoever your 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 <laughs> local water boy, to keep that came that those games close. C.J. So I I, I just, again I just don't think the cow I think the Cowboys literally minimize their strengths. Yeah, they just their offensive line is gonna eat this defensive line, <laughs> and and and. Dak Prescott's going to throw for 350 yards. Guess what, fantasy owners? Dak Prescott all the way this week. <laughs> You're going with Dallas. Yeah. Dangles? Uh, you know, this is this is difficult. Um, but See, I, I got think him thinking. I should this, I should have kept it. No, I should have gone third. This is should have asked him to go first. No, this is, this is difficult, especially considering that it's in San Francisco. And for all the reasons that you two just mentioned— the fact that they're in every single one of these games, the fact that they have a strong quarterback uh, option in C.J. Beathard. <laughs> Who knows? No, they I love a strong, strong is okay, a strong word. Strong looking after last week compared to Brian Hoyer. That should have a huge qualifier on it. I'm sorry for not sticking it there he in the first place. four touchdowns this season. Brian Hoyer. <laughs> all right, fine. Look, they, and they're trying something different, but I think all of those things work potentially in the 49ers' favor. However, I still think the Cowboys Carlos Hyde is also quite a... We've got that name. If that Zeke, guy's play, if Zeke Go plays... Forty. If Zeke plays in this game, the Cowboys win, and just a real, real great showing American Coming justice off a system. Buy. Good for you. How much good for in Texas. you how much, judicial system? How in much Texas. taxpayers' money have gone to the lawyers working on this Ezekiel Elliott case over the past two months? A serious lot. question. Actual serious question. Oh, I mean, probably well and well we into the six figures, right potentially where we were. seven yeah. figures. We have literally not taken any steps forward. And we're not done. No. And by the time we record and release this, it could have changed. Changed again. We have yeah, no idea. True. Either way, well, San anyway, Fred, let's go 49ers. Quickly, I, I'm very interested to see what the judicial system does in the Kaepernick case, too. Like, that's fascinating. Like, I just think there's so many storylines in this year that's coming out of the judicial system. That's that going to take some time. We're going to we'll, we'll, gonna we'll wait to comment time. on that until and stuff actually, starts happening. If you read a Mike Florio, since we're on the topic, if you read a Mike Florio uh, uh, piece, you can look it up online. He wrote about how if there is collusion, 
if there is proven collusion with at least 14 of the NFL teams have proven to collude against a certain player, that could eliminate immediately the, the collective bargaining agreement and we could have an immediate work stoppage. There are many rem- uh, 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 preliminary facts that need to happen before that happens. And of course, Colin Kaepernick, we need to win his case. But this is a story that's not going anywhere, nor should it, and it'll be very interesting to see what gets uncovered as this goes down. Of course, us at the Left Coasters will be following it the <laughs> whole way. But th- that's a story that's not going you anywhere. You couldn't write that, by the no, way. You no. couldn't write that. You could pitch that in a Hollywood no. pitch session, and people would look at you and go, that's the dumbest no. premise I've ever heard. It's like Harvey Milk all oh, over again. Can't believe it. All right. All right, here we go. Uh, this is uh, the start, uh, or the, excuse me, the start of those 430 games. A yep. stagger here. Uh, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers with a huge win coming off the Kansas City Chiefs. Bill Simmons said this best. He said this best when he talked about this game this week and the fact that Vontez Perfect will be ejected in this game. Oh, without a doubt. He just knows that somehow, someway, Vontez Perfect will be ejected in this not game. Not a Steelers, doubt. The Steelers and the Bengals do not like each other. <laughs> no, they do not. At all. I think they have the best rivalry, in my opinion, in the NFL, because I know chiming into that 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 broadcast, I'm seeing some dirty shit happen every time. You, I, I love watching. I hate the. I can't watch it. See, that's the exact reason why I don't like watching it. They do have very entertaining games, but I don't like watching. After the play, of how dirty they are. The, after the whistle stuff in that, that game shit. is like watching wrestling. I hate that. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Wrestling is fake for a reason because people can get hurt, and I don't like seeing people get hurt on dirty plays. Yeah, I'm going just, with Pittsburgh. Just scripted. Just scripted. <laughs> Dang uh, I'm actually going to go with Cincinnati here. I just think the Bengals are due for a win. I think the Bengals stink. We've all killed the Bengals. Every single one of us yeah. has put the Bengals yeah. in the grave yeah. after yeah. San Fran and before Chicago. They we looked, killed them. Uh, okay, well, when when a- Andy Dalton and AJ Green are on, they're tough to stop. Yeah. No, it's it's it's. But that's the that's the that thing. run game. That run game is the crux of that offense. Is there's no identity at the run game. They, Ballerina. They have no the, idea what the Ballerina. You going with the Red Rifle? No, I'm not. I'm going with the Steelers. <laughs> the, if there's any team that has had the Bengals number, it's it's the Steelers. They just can't win. As a as a lifelong Bengals fan, you always I hate to say it, but you notch two losses when you see the Steelers because that's just the tough. Uh, they play them tough, it, especially in Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh. They play well in Pittsburgh. Um, next, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the New York Giants. <laughs> this is going to be my interesting game of the week. Shut the fuck up. You you Shut can't the fuck up. No man, we've been talking about the Seahawks being the shittiest offensive line in the world. Uh, well, we haven't. Tony has put Tony on the pedestal oh, here. Oh, get out of here! No, 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 nobody. You Tony's have... pinned this from the beginning that Seattle stinks. I still think no, New York stink. really stinks. Seattle wins this game. The Seattle defense is the best part of this game. They will stuff Evan Ingram and the nobodies. On, a, on wide receiver, and Orleans Darqua is going to do what he did against Seattle again? No, it's not going to happen. Giants stink. They're going to lose this game. <laughs> They're going to lose this game. Tangles? Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i not confident in the New York Giants to, to win this at all. Um, and Seahawks coming off a bye. I just, I mean, I, look, they got their win last week. Congratulations. You beat the Broncos. You have the feather in your shitty cap for your shitty season. Ben McAdoo lives another week. Ben McAdoo and his mustache can continue to say that they're a coach in professional football for another week. The Seahawks win, however, this week. All right. Well, we're going to be all three in agreement this week, Seahawks. Uh, 
Next, we have the Sunday night game. This is uh, I'm so excited for this. This is, a, this is supposed to be a good game, right? Atlanta uh, Falcons so. at the New England Patriots. Right. It's supposed to be yeah, a good game. Be Shut a good up, Bengals. You're so smug. No, I'm seriously excited for this. A repeat of uh, the Super of the Bowl. Super Bowl. Am I right? That In uh, I believe this is a repeat of last year's um, NFL championship. It's called the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The NFL championship game. All right, yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah. Just uh, tell me and, what you're getting. Yeah, I don't thinking. know if it was a memorable Super Bowl. Though. I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I, 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 I seem to, you know, I mean, one of those Super Bowls kind of in the bag in the third quarter. I think a team. Was yeah, up most like a people lot walked away. Yeah, yeah. Marky really Wahlberg well. looking at you. you All right. Well, shit. I don't think it'll be the same game that occurred uh, last February. This this no. October, and I also think it'll be very uh, both of these two teams are not where they were last year. No. no, and I have no confidence in either team to win this game. I really don't. I I think it's going to be Atlanta. I think they're going to rip the New England Patriots open. Atlanta can't rip Miami open. They can't rip Chicago open. What makes you think they're going to rip? New I England think open? Matt Ryan had a big brain fart playing <laughs> against the Miami Dolphins. You know, I, you know, man, I. I've been trying to, over the last 24 hours, put into words how football manages to just completely <laughs> throw you for a loop every week. And I and I can only explain it as I think individual matchups make the, 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 the I guess you could say, this league so parody-ridden. Mm. And I look at the Atlanta Falcons and I say, look at their offense when they're on, and they're going to be on against New England. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah. be on. Yeah. Miami Dolphins, they kind of may have sleptwalked that through that one and paid the price. I don't know how that happened. Well, yeah. I, I just don't yes. think you bring yeah. your best self. And I yeah. think the I think Matt Ryan and the and the and the the Atlanta Falcons know that they can't sleepwalk through the New England Patriots and vice versa. I just think that the the Falcons have a better team. When they played Detroit 2 weeks ago, they they played their best game and Detroit played theirs and they won. See, I think Brian's Achilles heel dangles is that he references all teams in the NFL into how they did against his Detroit Lions team as if the Detroit Lions were a good, were a good team. benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Detroit's I, very good. You did not just did you not just hear me say the Lions played their best ball? Please the don't same consider me a, a, a diehard <laughs> to the point where I can't eat, make rational thought. <laughs> On the same way, not that Lions fan. Uh, you could not stick the over in this game high enough. Oh, I no. think there is. This is going to be a forty to forty game. Dangles, where are you going, buddy? Are you sticking with your team? Uh, this is difficult. Um, I I also don't really have a lot of confidence in either team to win this game. I think the I I think you know. And Dan Quinn, Falcons coach, said it this week exactly what I I've been thinking for the last week or so is is that he's not happy with the amount of touches Julio Jones is getting and Julio needs to be involved more in the offense. Which means they need to call more passing plays and just get him involved more often. I think which that they will, can do against New England. And I think that will help them. I think. I think they take advantage of a really bad Patriots defense. And in a Left Coasters podcast first, I think I'm going to pick the Atlanta Falcons, not the New England Patriots. You didn't pick any to win. You picked the Patriots all last year? I don't believe I've ever chosen a team other than the Patriots based on their matchups. But this just just makes sense. They lost their opener to Kansas City after they hung the banner. Uh, that was at that was at Gillette as well. They're one and two on uh, on the season at home this year. Atlanta, as much as they are saying coming into this game this week that they're not talking about the twenty eight to three thing and that the Super Bowl hasn't been a motivation, I guarantee you that it is in the back of the minds of every single one of the members of the Atlanta Falcons who was part of that twenty sixteen Super Bowl team. I guarantee it. It cannot not be in your mind it just can't absolutely it can't not be in your mind that no matter how hard you try and how well you did you still could not defeat 
the New England Patriots, which is why, with this game being as close and as up as the air as it is, Tony Cavallo is going to do what all fans should do. When in doubt, go with the side that Bill Belichick is on. Yeah. New England wins this game. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh <laughs> It's a good. No, it's it's, it's a good a, it's, argument. It's, a, it's an interesting I argument. I just, I mean, I just, I, I want, I, I hope the Patriots win. I hope they prove me wrong. Like every, you know, I, I, every week, I hope they win. I watch the game. I when I can, when it's not blacked out, <laughs> I, I do my best to, I do my I best to so do that. I am so excited. I just don't but know how you just, stop. I'm a, so excited that I, I'm the only person to have New England. Well, as I don't pick know right now. Well, I don't know how you stop the fifth-rated offense, the tenth-rated defense, the sixth-rated passing offense, and the eleventh-rated rushing. I don't offense. know either. But all these games with Atlanta, like they, they, they lose games they shouldn't lose. How, how you've seen every game this season they've been in every game and it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense the uh, that, way they've been playing that's my point but that's the way the year has been i mean the new england patriots are supposed to be unbeatable true okay so everybody's got their achilles heel i just don't i just don't know if the patriots have the the same uh, just the same atlanta falcon killer juice they had last They're year at the razor uh, we'll see what happens here we go monday night football we have best game of the week Interesting game. Best game of the week. Washington Redskins at the uh, Philadelphia Tonys might as well pick them to be their team for the rest of the season, Eagles. Philly and Carolina are going to be the two bye week teams in the NFC. And hand up, I was completely wrong on the Washington team. They have a legit real team. They have an offense that is successful. They can't really run the ball, but they get by by sticking it in the gut of whoever's back there enough to make you believe that they can run the ball. And that defense is for real. Uh, Philly won this game against Washington in week one when Kirk Cousins had a fumble that was kind of a fumble, but it kind of wasn't a fumble, and Philly ended up returning it for a touchdown. An odd sequence of events, and that was the score that separated these two teams. I think it's going to be very close again, but I said it last week, I'm going to keep going with Philly until they prove me wrong. I've been on the Philly train all year. I like Philly. Dangles. Uh I am also going to go with Philadelphia in this game. It's at the link, uh, and they love playing at home in front of that Philly crowd. Batteries being thrown and all. Uh, so I, I just think they, I just think they come out with this, uh, with the win. Washington's good, but they're not as good as Philadelphia. And Carson Wentz is probably going to throw for at least three touchdowns. I think what's interesting about the Philadelphia Eagles, you just kind of see this, like Tony, you were saying, Carson Wentz kind of elevates this team. You know, mm-hmm. like he does something that a lot of a lot of players can't do. But we'll, what will be interesting is if that very good Washington defensive line makes him pay, because uh, there is a nice fun, uh, I there's a fun observation when you see Carson Wentz play. He likes to run. He likes to make throws on the run. Yeah. It just like his comfort level on the run is 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 impressive if not scary if you're the if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to make sure he stays upright and I think the Washington Redskins it's, pose that. Carson is, Wentz oh sorry, Carson Wentz is up there in like the if you had a, a pickup game, who would you take as your quarterback? Like, oh yeah. Aaron like, Rodgers is first, obviously, but if you're pl- playing with like quarterbacks that you know you're gonna have fun playing with, Carson's up there. Well and and then you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I was just about to say that there's only one other guy in the NFL who can make throws on the run the way that Carson Wentz does, and that is Aaron Rodgers. And Are I'm, you going with uh, I Philly? Philly didn't oh, I? yeah, I'm going Philly too. We are all on the Philly train. Yep, I've convinced you all. You haven't convinced us. They've convinced us. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank yeah, it has you. nothing to do with you. And has so that is it. That is it for you. our uh, week seven pick'em. The two teams that are on the bye are Detroit and Houston, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So both those teams are two teams that are contending. And, and I have to say, with Detroit, they couldn't have asked for a better week yeah. for a bye. Yeah. They've yeah, got yeah, some yeah. real serious problems on that offensive line, injury-wise. 
And so that's it for the Left Coasters podcast. Again, my name is Tony Cavallo. I am still in mourning over the loss of Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers season. Brian the Ballerina Balzarini is here. Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio is here. We are the Left Coasters podcast. And uh, God, stop sending me memes and pictures over the death of Aaron Rodgers. It's really hurting. And Gordon Hayward's now dead for the Celtics, too. I'm having a great, great week. See you next week. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. <laughs>